0: we're rolling 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 down the river to talk about our visit to tina the tina turner musical today on the the twins on on tour podcast Podcast. hi i'm julie book i'm jenny bradley and this is the The twins on on tour Tour Podcast. podcast and today we are talking about tina the tina turner musical which we saw at playhouse square in cleveland yes we saw the musical on tuesday may 2nd at the connor palace theater at playhouse square and i mean it would kind of be terrible to not mention that This is being recorded just after the passing of the late, great Tina Turner. The queen of rock and roll. Yes. So this review of this show, fabulous show, so don't think we're about to give this a negative review, is separate from the work of Tina herself as an artist. So we don't want anyone to be like, well, they just don't like Tina Turner and she's not alive. We love Tina Turner. Yeah. And the musical was a really great tribute to Tina Turner. Exactly. So just a bit of background on the show. In December 2016, this show kind of had... Compared to some of the other shows we've covered, a more non-traditional route to Broadway, Mm -hmm. they did a workshop of it before they even announced that the show was happening. So in December 2016, a workshop presentation of the musical with Tina Turner in attendance in the audience was given, followed by an announcement that a biographical musical about her life had been developed. Phyllida Lloyd, who directed the Mamma Mia movie, so a cultural icon in our midst, directed the musical. Katori Hall, who wrote P Valley for stars, and Frank Kelitar and Keys Prinz were the writers of the book. Kelitar and Prinz wrote the early draft of the book. Hall came in to revise and then finish the show when they departed the production, but they're still given credit because a lot of what they used is still in the show mm-hmm. as well. Mark Thompson served as the set and costume designer for this show. Anthony Van Last was the choreographer, and Nicholas Skillbeck was the musical supervisor. The show began previews on March 21st, 2018, at the Aldwych Theatre on the West End in London. So, this opened on the West End before it came to Broadway. It officially opened on April 17th of that year. Adrian Warren, who a lot of us know from Bring It On the Musical, yep. was the title role of Tina Turner. And Jenny Fitzpatrick, who was on In Oliver on the West End, Alternated the role of Tina in some performances. I like that they do this. Our show was very similar, where they have alternating Tinas. The same mm-hmm. person is not playing Tina every night because it is a behemoth of a role for whoever is playing Tina. Yeah. The production also was nominated for three Laurence Olivier Awards. It won one for Best Actor in a Musical for Kenoba Holbrook Smith as Ike Turner. And in March 2019, the show opened in Hamburg, Germany. Both of those productions are still running at the time of recording today, June 1st. The show began previews on Broadway at the Lundfontein Theater on October 12th, 2019 and officially opened on November 7th. Warren, of course, came over the pond. She is an American anyway, so she came back over the pond yeah. to reprise her role as Tina Turner with Daniel J. Watts, who was in Hamilton as Ike. In March 2020, obviously, the show was suspended due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It resumed performances on October 8th, 2021. Great day. Great day. It's not like that's our birthday or anything. <laughs> And in June 2022, it was announced that the production was going to close on august 14th of that year it had 27 preview performances and 482 regular performances on broadway in September of 2022, the first national tour was launched in Providence, Rhode Island. The show stars Naomi Rogers, who was in the Frozen national tour, and Zurin Villanueva, who was in Mean Girls on Broadway. She actually was the first plastic of color to appear on Broadway. Oh, awesome. Yeah, she covered the role of Karen. She was the first awesome. plastic of color, which is awesome. They alternate the role of Tina and Garrett Turner, who I don't believe is related to the Turners at all, played Ike Turner. And fun fact. Cleveland was Garrett Turner's last city that he yeah. played Ike Turner in. So we got his closing run. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I will say shout outs. We had Naomi Rogers as our team. Yes. And she is a powerhouse. Yeah. You always hear us, you know, we usually hone in on one person each season so mm-hmm. far. Naomi Rogers, star. Yeah. Star, star, star. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to give Garrett a shout out because if you're raised by parents of a certain generation, okay boomers um (laughs) you heard a lot growing up about oh my gosh Ike Turner was the worst he treated Tina so badly which he did yes Garrett played such a great role that I did not like it. Yes. <laughs> Every time it came on stage, I was like, ew. It's like, Ike. No, not Ike. Yeah, and I felt bad when he came out at the end. Like, everyone else is getting all this applause, and, and then Ike like, comes out. Do we clap? Yeah, and everyone's just like, boo, Ike Turner. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awful, but also shows how talented Garrett is as yeah. an actor, because I couldn't separate man from part in that. And I was just like, yes. meh, don't so like him. Called, and then we're like, oh no. No. <laughs> The musical basically takes you from Tina Turner's beginnings. The show starts out with her as a very little girl. One thing I did like in this show is besides that probably opening five or six minutes with her as a little girl, the rest of the show, the same actress plays Mm -hmm. Tina Turner. I did appreciate that. I know we saw Summer the Donna Summer musical and we're going to be seeing the Cher show where they have different people playing the actress. Three different actresses play the same role. At different parts in their life, which I get. But I also appreciate that they had one person take her on this journey through this whole show I do have to say though the little girl that played Tina in our show Ava Johnson oh my gosh I know that sometimes especially me I can come across as a bit of a hater sometimes when it comes to child actors you a hater Charlie and the Chocolate Factory what although I did say Charlie was good in that one but I digress anyway Ava was absolutely amazing and to skip ahead a lot during the curtain call Naomi brought out Ava to sing with her oh my goodness, like yeah. melted my face off. She was yeah. so good. Yeah. I can also say, yes, Ava going to be a star one day. But yeah, Um. so the musical does open with Tina's young life, her mother and her older sister. Her mother takes her older sister and walks out on the family. Her dad gives off abusive vibes because he hits the mom. He, they don't show him hit Tina, but it's implied that she probably did get whacked a few times. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely implies that the father was at least to their mother physically abusive and their mother was emotionally abusive. Yeah. One thing I will say is that the show kind of when it's going through Tina's younger life goes about a thousand miles a minute. Mm -hmm. We go instantly from mom walks out to next thing you know, Tina is a teenager who is living with her grandmother and grandma saying, "Okay, you need to go live with your mom and sister. They want you back. And so instantly then more time has passed she's now living with her mom and sister and they're immediately like oh we're gonna take you out on the town and her sister is and it's like oh here's Ike Turner now you're with Ike Turner and it did seem a little yeah. rushed I would have liked I don't know the progression of the story made sense I just felt like it was a little quick and if they were gonna cut some of that stuff I feel like they could have started the show with her meeting Ike yeah and it, they could have cut that whole beginning part because it was really rushed for me It was. Yeah, I agree. It could be maybe part of it they didn't want to show all of the trauma that Tina may have gone through in her childhood. So they just wanted to kind of get Mm -hmm. it out of the way. But I agree it did feel kind of rushed. Yeah, because it seemed like in the first not even 12 to 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. we were like, boom, 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 boom. On the road. And she's on the road with Ike already. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they could have started it maybe with her arriving at her mother's house after, you know, they could have done some background with, oh, after... Mom walked out on me so many years ago, like a monologue or something, and then started with her going in to see her mom and sister after all these years. I feel like that might have been a better starting point for the show. I agree. I do agree, though, that it gave Ava Johnson a huge chance to shine because her voice was absolutely beautiful, especially Mm -hmm. for how young she is. Yes. So it basically does cover all of Tina Turner's hits, starting with her hits with Ike Turner. It moves through all of her big hits. You do see very quickly ike turner is a super emotionally physically any kind of abuse you can think of he's that type of person he very quickly holds over that he gave tina his start so she has to promise to stay with him because everyone's left him in his life and that he can't go through any more betrayal like that and tina being a super young girl who wants to be a star is like well why would i you've given me all these opportunities yeah And then Ike goes, well, you should just marry me then. And then in the audience, it's like a horror movie. We're like, no, No, don't don't do do it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Very strong grooming vibes there from Ike. But yeah, you're literally watching her make these decisions because she was actively seeing someone else in their band. And Ike kind of was just like, nope, you're going to marry me. And he's fired. Goodbye. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like, how? What? No. Because at this point, people were already coming to see Tina. They weren't coming to see Ike. So you tell there was there was jealousy. He was jealous of Tina, mm-hmm. and so he wanted to knock her down at every point. And yeah, like I said, Garrett Keep did her an amazing attached. Garrett Turner, yeah. amazing job because we absolutely hated him by the end of Act One. Yeah. Hated the character of Ike Turner, not the actor, I should yeah. say. But <laughs> but like we said again, he played the role so well that it was hard to differentiate. Yeah, which you're like, oh, he's proves a that villain. he's a really yeah. good actor. Yeah. So you have some other like Motown hits in there, other songs of the period, "Shake a Tail Feather," "Let's Stay Together" by Al Green, other songs that. Ike and Tina Turner covered famously some songs that Ike wrote, all that stuff. The first really big song that was recognizable as a Tina Turner song was River Deep Mountain High. Yeah, for me, that that whole part was she had Ike and Tina were called in by Phil Spector, the uh, prolific producer. And basically he's like, yeah, Ike and Tina Turner, Ike. Come sit with me in the booth. Tina, you're going to sing this song. Yeah. It'll still be an Ike and Tina Turner song, but it was just Tina on it. And you could tell, like, ooh, Ike did not like that. Yeah. And that was another thing that was really manipulative. Her name isn't even Tina Turner. Her name's Anna Mae. And he's just like, not nah, Tina sounds cooler. So you're Tina Turner now, but I own the name Tina Turner. Yep. So everything that Tina then produced was an Ike and Tina Turner song, Mm -hmm. which is just like, oh, geez, he had nothing to do with that song. And it's credited as Ike and Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. You get into the really big Tina Turner songs, like towards the end of act one, you get River Deep, Mountain High. And then the finale of act one, everything has pretty much come to a head in Tina's life. She is miserable with Ike, has two kids, has two kids, is basically going broke, is so unhappy and Ike has been actively abusing her more and more. Yes. And so she decides that she's going to get out of there. And you hear the song Proud Mary start. And I mean, for me, that's Tina Turner. Yeah, Proud Mary. You get up to, like, the crescendo of the song. And then her and Ike, like, get into an active fight on stage. Yes. And she runs off. And you're like, well, but wait, are they going to finish the song? Just <laughs> yes, to backtrack a little bit. The time in the show, the first time you actually start to kind of like her mother in the show. Mm-hmm. Ike beats the absolute crap out of her. She ends up in the hospital and her mom's like, okay, so hit him back. Like, just says it plain like that. He hits you, hit him back. Yeah. So that's where Tina kind of gets like the inspiration to do that. And yeah, so during Proud Mary, Ike hits her and Tina's like, not today, starts Bob. beating the crap out of him. And like, I don't want to say like I was actually like enjoying watching, you know, an abusive relationship, but I'm like, yeah, get, get him, Tina, <laughs> get him. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, do I support that? No, but am I happy for her? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get to the crescendo of Proud Mary, and we're going to talk about the finale here in a few minutes, but if that would have been all of Proud Mary that I got, I would have been so disappointed. Because it really was about to get into the like, the hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> And instead, we got a fight, and then her going to a hotel and literally begging a guy, please yes. give me a room. I'm Tina Turner. I'll and pay you back. You know what? god bless that man mm-hmm. that man changed her life that night she had 36 cents and a mobile gas card that's all she had to her name and she said i'm tina turner i have nowhere else to go and he was like i'll give you a room hon, and gave her a room and that's yeah she divorced that yeah. turner after that so at this point going from act one into act two tina is broke Mm -hmm. Ike has basically cleaned her out of everything they are no longer together during the divorce Tina asked for only one thing and that was her name Tina Turner she didn't care about having the rights to the song she didn't care about the money she wanted Ike to be out of her life and she wanted the stage name Tina Turner Mm -hmm. so she could continue trying to make a living for herself Mm Yeah, and looking back at that, it's like, oh my gosh, all these songs that are credited as Ike and Tina Turner that he's not even on, she didn't ask for any of that, Mm -hmm. not to remove his name from any of that, she went, okay, it was Ike and Tina Turner, that can stay, I want to be able to perform the songs, but she even got that right taken away from Mm -hmm. her, and she just wanted the name, and there was a character that was her manager... Rhonda, played by lael van kieran um i really liked her character as well yes she kind of tried to set her up at the beginning of her character mm-hmm. arc as like a villain because like her and Ike came out of like a private room yes and, and so it was adjusting implied. her skirt yeah because yeah. you could tell something was going on in there yeah for her to get the management job but she stuck with tina through everything yeah and i really liked her character because Rhonda's like why did you not get anything else and tina's like i wanted my name so i could perform as tina turner at this point in her life she's in vegas performing like review shows Mm -hmm. basically oh like tina turner sings the hits the residency yeah yeah and back then it didn't pay as well so the second act opens with the song private dancer I get what they were going for, but not knowing that Tina went through the thing with, oh, she was out performing in Vegas in a residency made it seem like Tina was stripping. Yeah. <laughs> and i was sitting there going, was Tina Turner a stripper at one well, point? Well, plus, obviously, when you are in in a musical you know and especially if you're in the ensemble and even if you kind of have like a feature ensemble so like the two guys who played her sons Mm -hmm. were like so it kind of opens up like it looks like a seedy little club and there's all these men like singing, and it's like the two guys playing her sons are sitting there in the same costumes of her sons and I'm like oh yeah because it immediately goes into a scene with her with her kids yeah and they're like on the floor coloring and I'm like that's weird yeah have them put a jacket on or something and then take it off yeah no I agree that part I was like That's her seven-year-old? Yeah. You then go into, like, the disco part. You hear Disco Inferno. She meets a music producer named Roger Davies, and he's basically the one that, like, relaunches her career Mm because he sees her show and he's like, oh, my God, you're amazing. We need to fly you over to London. We're going to create a record. And... Tina Turner's coming back and Tina is like heck yes sign me let's go and that's when you first get your taste of like Tina Turner when she became Tina Turner simply the best Tina Turner yes she gets the blonde hair she gets the outfits the jean jacket over in London though she really didn't have like the best time her and Roger weren't agreeing on what style of music she Mm -hmm. should go with she wanted to do full out rock and roll ACDC style stuff yeah and Roger was like listen we can do rock quote quote but like poppy rock yeah with you know like a what's love got to do with it synth and all yeah. that yeah and so it took a while to convince tina of that while she's there she then meets her husband erwin bach yeah yeah who they fall in love but they have like a back yes. and forth kind of like will they yes. won't they thing. the big thing was is he picked her from the airport he was a big wig at the record company mm-hmm. he's 16 years her junior so oh, i didn't know yeah and so she was hesitant because she's like, I have a crush on this guy. Oh, my gosh. But he, He's young enough. I could be his mother. They'd kind of have this flirtation, begin to have feelings for each other. So, yeah, a lot happened to Tina Then those couple of weeks in London. She mm-hmm. met her and Irwin did go on to get married and he was by her side when she died. So, Aww. yeah, I know. That's like such a cute I know story, especially with what she went about, through yeah, in her life. She, she did find a true everlasting love with him and yeah. so yeah it makes you tear up we also <laughs> do revisit ike in the second act with the death of tina's mom Boo. Tina, exactly <laughs> tina's mom gets sick and i will give him he had one redeeming quality where he visited tina's mom often and took care of her yes that was that was Ike turner's one redeeming quality in this show is that he didn't leave her alone yes not tina he left her alone obviously because i'm sure there were restraining orders in place after a while but he took care of tina's mom as she was getting sick and you do see tina's mom pass but yeah. it's, like, this weird dynamic where, like, Tina's mom is, like, Ike's a pretty good guy. And Tina's, He's like, he, care of me. he actively beat me. And she's, like, well, no one's perfect. And it's, like, what? And then Ike in the hospital room is, like, trying to gaslight Tina into believing that the whole thing was her fault to begin with. Yeah. And she's, like, no, you literally beat me to a pulp for, like, how long were they married? 16 years something or something like, like that. that? Yeah. She's, like, you beat me to a pulp every day. Like, no, this was not my fault. Like, F you. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Mom and Ike both had redeeming parts of the show, and the other parts feel like, What? Like, no. <laughs> like, Tina, I'm so sorry. To yeah. Deal with that. So it was really nice for her to get that at the end where she did find love. The show opened before it went to her as a little girl of her about to embark on stage in her red Tina Turner dress. Yes. And we get back to that point at the end of the show where Irwin finally comes and they like declare their love for each other, and then Tina goes on to stage to perform. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Like, the sets in the show were pretty good there wasn't anything super spectacular except for the ending set i thought was great and we'll get back to that in a second yes. when we talk about the finale it was a very minimalistic set it was. in my opinion especially for something when you compare it to like the temptations where they had the whole screen and everything mm-hmm. they had some screen work in this show mm-hmm. but not as good as other jukebox musicals that we've seen so far yeah I did really enjoy the costumes, though. The costumes were amazing. As far as the time frame goes, their costumes were really good, Mm -hmm. um, especially as Tina gets more and more famous, the Tina Turner looks. Yes. And more into the 80s as well, Mm -hmm. 70s and 80s, becoming the queen of rock and roll. Yes. Yes. I have to say too yeah the costumes were a highlight of the show for me as well very period accurate very recognizable like you knew that was a Tina Turner outfit that that, uh, Naomi was wearing and you also knew what decade they were in based on how they were dressed they didn't have to like flash 1970s in your face you could tell just by what the characters Mm -hmm. were wearing and how Tina's hair looked and everything yeah Yeah. so I really did enjoy the costumes this sounds really weird saying like the ending was my favorite part because usually you're like that seems negative yeah the ending in Curtain Call was the most unique unique experience that i've had in any show ever they basically put on a tina turner concert yeah so you had the finale and tina comes out in the iconic favorite costume of the show Mm -hmm. the sparkly tina turner dress the silver sparkly tina turner Mm -hmm. dress if you do not know what i'm talking about google it it's her most iconic costume that she ever wore yeah and they also do like have a live band on stage Mm -hmm. for a lot of the show especially when it's like you know like they're recording and stuff like that and the best way to describe this set would be like kind of like tears with the band on it and then like the stairs had like the rock star lights Lights. in it like kind of think of like the hannah montana theme song how the stairs had those lights in them it was like that yeah it was awesome. And yeah, so we literally, the they did all their bows and then they said, Cleveland, we love you. We're going to play some more, some more for you. Yeah. Like they went to like a little Tina Turner, Turner concert. concert. It was awesome. Yeah. Naomi just was like, give me that mic. She was in her sparkly Tina Turner dress. And I will say that look with the sparkly dress Mm -hmm. made her look the most like Tina Turner with the hair and the dress because Mm -hmm. you could see at other points in the show, it's like, okay, this is an actress playing Tina Turner in that finale. The, after the curtain call, she she was Tina Tina Turner. Turner. yes Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. She was very enjoyable. We didn't get to see Zarin obviously because she was, alternating nights but i've heard good things about zirin's performance playhouse square on their instagram has a performance of Zurin singing something Mm -hmm. at the rock and roll hall of fame at the tina exhibit yes which is really good too but i'm really happy we got to see naomi she was awesome they brought ava out on stage she sang again not push the city limits Yeah. yeah and they sang together again and we got our proud mary the whole we, song. Yes, we we got our proud with the Mary. whole cast. As the song went, more and more of the cast came out to perform it yes. with her. And it was, by the end of it, it was like a huge group number. It was we, awesome. And they let the audience sing along, too. Yeah. So, yes, I think that's one thing. You'll hear, you'll see it a lot on social media. And you may see about it in, like, TikToks and things like that. A lot of people are saying, since the pandemic, theater etiquette has just gone out the door. Mm-hmm. A big problem right now is, especially at the jukebox musicals, audience members singing their argument like you know you come or lame is drunk people not knowing it was a sad <laughs> yes not loudly not knowing it was a sad musical yes so the the argument for jukebox musicals at least when it comes to theater etiquette and singing along a lot of people are saying well people know the songs you know like jersey boys temptations tina turner people know the songs i kind of want to sing along the problem is everyone around you paid for a ticket see the show we want to see the actors sing the songs you shouldn't sing along at a musical i will say unless you are invited by the by the actors on stage which is why i was glad that at tina they gave us two songs at the end and both of those songs we were invited to sing along yeah i agree with that because i know all the words to les mis and hairspray but am i standing up trying to sing over jean valjean no because one no one wants to hear that it would hurt people to hear that (laughs) and two I'm not the paid actor I as much as I would like to be the paid Broadway actor I'm not and to take that away from someone who's doing their job I think is unfair but like you said a lot of those at the end they will have like the Temptations did a medley and they mm -hmm. were like sing along granted it was tidbits of every song yeah I'm sure Cher Show does the same thing Jersey Boys did the same thing they sang uh can't take my eyes off of you again at the end with the whole band and everyone was allowed to get up and dance and clap around most of those shows will do something at the end. Even if it's during curtain call, they have you clapping along with them. Yeah. There is going to be some sort of audience participation at most shows. I know, like, Phantom and Lame is, you're not getting that. No. But I agree with you that you shouldn't be singing along at shows unless you are instructed to. Even in to. a newer show, Six has the mega six at the end where you're invited to sing mm-hmm. along. But plus, it not only takes away from the actor on stage, it also takes it away from your fellow audience members. If you are tempted to sing along in your head, think about When you saw your first touring or Broadway show, hopefully you did not have an obnoxious audience member by you, kind of ruining the experience. So you you want to make sure. I want to make sure someone else's first show is good. But you, I mean, everyone's show should be good. But you got to think of it this way: you can remember your first show you saw because it was it was a special experience, and uh, that's the thing though, because there's nothing stopping you from you know tapping your hand yeah, on your you knee, can bop in it, your head along. Do that. That's fine. I know during you know simply the best. I'm sitting there in my seat bopping yeah. up and down. Mm-hmm. It's a danceable song, and yes, your body's going to have reactions like that. But do you need to go? Simply <laughs> the best along yeah. with Tina? No. I agree not. with that. And your experience is under no one else's control. Mm-hmm. If you not being able to sing along will ruin the experience, simply don't go. Yeah, because. Your right to enjoy your time is no more important than anyone else's. You are all paying audience. There's the the sense of entitlement after the pandemic with some people where, well, I paid for my ticket. So did everyone else. Yeah. This is not a free ticket except for you, Karen. Like, I agree with that. You don't need to be singing at the shows unless you're invited to sing. If you're invited to sing and you want to sing super loud and off key, go for it. You were invited to do so. Exactly. During the show, We didn't have that issue, thankfully, at this show. Everyone, yeah, super respectful. We had a great audience, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So everyone had a great time. Yeah. I will say I wanted them to get more hyped during the finale number because me and you were hyped. And like other people in our own were like, this is nice. And I'm like, get hyped. It's Tina Turner. Yeah. So our next show that we will be reviewing is The Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Moulin Rouge. (laughs) Yeah. We'll probably tell the story of Moulin Rouge in our family. Not, we have not visited Moulin Rouge, but with the movie, we'll explain that on our episode about Moulin Rouge. Yes. But we have a very storied history with Moulin Rouge, yes, we do. so that'll be our next one. It's coming up here in the next few weeks, here in June. We didn't get to do an episode of this for the podcast, but I am so excited that we get to see this again. Come from Away, oh, I love it! Should have won the Tony, it should have won the Tony. It was robbed, robbed savagely, come from Away, yep. So then we are finishing off season two with six, six, the one we're probably most excited for because we are Tudor history junkies. Yes, and we are also six junkies, let's be honest here. So that one will be really fun. So some exciting things coming up to end our season, and we will be finishing our Legally Blonde. We have part of it recorded. We just have to finish it because life. Yes. (laughs) We are the worst. We know. Yes, we are the worst. Socials. Twitter is at Twins on Tour 1. Instagram is the dot twins on tour one and TikTok is at twins on tour one. All right, I'm Julie Book. I'm Jenny Bradley and this is the, the twins, twins on Tour, tour Podcast. Podcast. Didn't have my thing open. I was unprepared. <laughs> Be prepared. Be, Be prepared. Wrong. Oh my God. I support women's rights and but I also support women's wrongs. Yes. <laughs> oh God, Jenny. <laughs>